Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From the Battery Street Studios of KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman. This is Bay Current for Tuesday, November 9th. It's a globe thing, probably a light that was on the fence post and it just melted down. Oh my goodness. And then That's my KCBS um, Radio colleague, reporter Holly Kwan. That was, this was the address of that Stan gave me because it was a friend of his wife. And he says, can you just swing by and see if the house is there? We're scrolling said, through the camera roll on her iPhone. So he told me that story. He said that that was one of the things that stood out about that coverage was that he had friends who lived up there and that you, in the midst of all, you know reporting 17, 18 hours a day, were able to yeah. at least give them a ring and say, hey, here's what's going on with your well, house. Yeah, because... Looking at pictures from her time covering the historic and unprecedented damage caused by the 2018 campfire on the three-year anniversary of when the blaze started, when thousands of lives would be changed forever, and an entire town would be wiped off the map. And all you want to know is, you know, is my house still there? Or if it isn't, at least like just, it's the not knowing that's the hard part. KCBS Radio dispatched a team of reporters, including Holly, my colleagues Jeffrey Schaub and Doug Sovereign, who spent weeks in and around the path of the campfire and the hollowed out town of Paradise. Mandatory evacuations have now been ordered by authorities uh, in Butte County near Highway 70, not to, too far from the city limits of Paradise. In fact, the mandatory evacuation order does involve parts of Paradise. From the valley floor, you can see, taste, and smell why rangers are closing the park. The smoke saturates the air, making your eyes itch and sting and triggering headaches. It hangs like a curtain over the majestic cliffs, the daylight sun filtered like it's sunset. I've been describing it, an entire city wiped off the map. I mean, it really does look like people have said it looks like a bomb went off when you go into paradise you look around and it's like a black and white apocalyptic movie on the three-year anniversary of one of the most devastating blazes in not only our states but our country's history i wanted to ask holly about her reflections how long were you up there was there a week wow we're about, about a week, yeah. What's the thing three years later that just stands out to you when you first you'll see a headliner on a day like today remembering the three-year anniversary of Campfire? What's the thing that stands out to you most, that you remember the most? 
Uh, the destruction, mm-hmm. yeah, and how quickly it came through. I mean, I remember, you know, the 91 Hills fire. And, and so a lot of the landscape, when they speak, when people say, oh, it looks like a moonscape, yeah, that doesn't surprise me because I've seen that before. But the fact that you saw these things happen so quickly, I mean, it only took a couple of hours before it just completely incinerated that town. Entire town. And, um, you know, you'd see areas where, you know, maybe a house is still standing, but you've got melted mailboxes and melted, you know, light posts and, and um, you know, the, the alarm, uh, a security alarm going off, but, you know, the, the gate is still open and and things like that. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a great equalizer, you know, oh. Every, everybody, it, it doesn't matter who, where, when, you're just trying to get the heck out of Dodge. And, um, and luckily, you know, those people who, there were people who didn't get out, right? There were people who, was ac- who were actually found in their cars trying to, trying to get out. And, and, and those kinds of stories, it's like, oh, my gosh, how terrifying that must have been. I went with a group from Alameda County that was a search and rescue. And um, how painstaking they go through every little bit when they map it out to see if they could find remains. And there was one time where a guy found something and they called out. They said um, that they, they needed they, they needed the scientist, the, the anthropologist. Not the anthropologist. What am I saying? It's, it's a forensic guy. And the forensic person had to come over and determine whether these bones belonged, you know, what did they belong to. And I was like, oh, my gosh, when yeah. I was there. Holy moly. And, um, you know, they said, oh, okay, this is this belonged to an animal. They pretty much quickly identified that it belonged to an animal. But that's like, well, what kind of animal was it? Was it somebody's pet? Right. And if it was somebody's pet, maybe it was a dog that got out of the car, you know, in a panic, and maybe some kid or person ran after him. I mean, so just because you find the remains of what looks like an animal yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, it's just an animal, you drop your, your guard. And I had a conversation with one of the search and rescue guys which really struck me i said how do you how do you do this right and he says well in his mind he thinks about it as like he's having a conversation if he comes upon remains or somebody who perished he's like well i'm really sorry this happened to you but we're here to bring you home we're here to bring you back to your family and um and and it's going to be better now yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, how that's how you have to think. It's certainly of this. it's a, a very grim job, but there is a this is a very noble, very serious purpose to it because you're providing closure to those families. Yeah. Yeah. And some of those people are volunteers, too. So, um, you know, they're taking time out of their regular work to go up there and, and, and try and help out. And that was also it, too. It's like a lot of people just were giving and trying to help out and knowing that no matter what happens, you know, it it. It could always be worse. Yeah. Does this one feel like the start of what has been now annually a epidemic and a serious crisis of fires, annual fires every year, at least once here in Northern California? Yeah, it did. In fact, I'm trying to look in my in my. This is, this is how I, I keep track of you know things in history. It's like in my my the phones and, and 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 what was I doing at the time? And I vaguely remember that year I did covered fire in Yosemite, mm-hmm. and then I went from Yosemite to I believe it was Redding, and then right after Redding, this is when I covered. The, the campfire. So I think it was a succession of three fires yeah. within a number of um, of months. And it was like, oh, my gosh, this is getting to be routine. This is 
this is ridiculous. And I didn't realize it until I did it then. This is how it was. It was going to be like this year after year. So that's what I mean. Like that, this, looking back now, it feels like that was when the alarm bells about the, the imminent and what would we now know be the continuing and ongoing threat of these devastating, massive scale wildfires we're going to be a part of our new normal. And looking back on it now, each year since 2018, sadly, that's been the case. Yeah. And and I didn't anticipate it to be that way. It's just like, oh, there's another one. Oh, mm-hmm. wait, wait, there's another one. And I remember that it was November. I mean, it's yeah. November now, right? But it was November when we were up there doing this fire and, and people were up there. It was going to be Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, and you were still covering this fire from the extent of... People were still evacuated. They couldn't get back into their homes. What are we going to do about cleaning it up and letting them go back? And, you know, where do these people go from here? So maybe the fire wasn't still going on in, you know, at Thanksgiving that that year. But there was still the situation of having to feed them Mm -hmm. and, and crews of hundreds that were out there fighting the fires or at least trying to clean up and PG&E crews that are trying to restring wire and, you know, basically rebuilding the infrastructure. Right. And and we say like, until they were finally able to go back home. Well, to what? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? There was no home to go back to. Right. Exactly. And and now a lot of people still don't have a home. I mean, they are living in an RV on Mm -hmm. their property and, and that's starting to become a testy thing because, you know, the city is still letting them do that as long as they're going to rebuild. But the problem is you've got, you know, supply chain issues. You can't get appliances. You can't. It's the cost of lumber. Lumber is so expensive. And some of these people that are living in their RVs are um, working off a generator, which Mm. takes gas and gas is going up. Right. So, you know, it the the hardship continues um, even after, you know, the, the, the town sort of looks to, to have a rebirth. Mm-hmm. And, and it's growing. I mean, because of all the rebuilding, they said that they grew like 31 percent last year. Um, but, you know, when are you when is the town going to be, you know, quote unquote back? Right. And say 30 percent, 31 percent. Yeah. From what? Because I think that they were from their peak before the fire at about twenty six thousand yeah. in the small town. They the next year they were down four. Don't quote me around. Yeah. Around four thousand. Yeah. So up 31 percent from right. four thousand. Right. I mean, come it, on. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I mean, I think it's because peop- they said people do want to come back. And there is an argument that that, you know, Paradise is going to be the, the most fire safe town you know you know in the state Mm -hmm. because they're going to redo the the streets better and and have more than one way out and the the materials are going to be better and people are going to be more cognizant and and you know the 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 trees are there's nothing left to burn there and Mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff so you know i I talked to the fire chief and he's like well he he's projecting out he has to look out 10 years and say well what is the population going to look like and um what does he have to prepare for and and also he doesn't really know what the face of the town is going to look like. They had a, a huge population that was over 50. Right. At the time, those people might not want to come back. They don't want to rebuild. And so you have younger, a, a different socioeconomic status. You have, you know, it could be a completely different kind of town than what it used to look like. Yeah. Holly, interesting stuff. Thank you, as always. Appreciate it. And thanks for uh, for pulling out the phone, showing me some of the pictures. And look, three years that amount of time does not remove the just shock no. when you look at, at what you saw in person three years ago. Yeah, it's pretty devastating. And I think it is for a lot of people, too. There's a lot of emotional stuff that needs to be recovered from, too. Yeah. Thank you, Holly. Yep. Thank you again 
to my KCBS radio colleague, Holly Kwan. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app, Apple or Google Podcasts, or just about anywhere you listen. You can also catch every episode on YouTube on the KCBS radio YouTube page. There's a link in the show notes. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you tomorrow. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.